welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about interest-only loans again, this time in terms of how to get them for the long term. Now, this is really interesting because I started having a conversation with podcast listener uh, Tanya from Palmerston North, and she was talking to me about how she owns four rental properties, and they have all just rolled over at the same time. They were on interest-only, now they've gone on to principal and interest. And she was talking to me about, Ed, you guys talk about doing interest-only loans over the long term. How does that work? Because typically, you only get them for a five-year term, actually sometimes even only a three-year term, and then you've got to roll them over and they'll typically go on to principal and interest if you don't do anything else. And she said, she was saying, well, how do I do this? And I outlined some things and she said, oh, my mortgage broker didn't talk to me about, about some of these <laughs> things. And I said, ah, there is variation, and this is the key message, there is variation in terms of the, the skill that mortgage brokers have in terms of how uh, how up to date they are or how frequently they work with property investors and understand all of the different things about property investment. And what's important to know is that if you go in for a standard rollover with a mortgage broker, then they'll just roll over your mortgage sometimes, depending on the quality of your mortgage broker and how much they are into property investment, they might just roll over your mortgages because that's what you asked for. So in today's show, we're talking about, well, what are the things you should ask a mortgage broker as a property investor when you're going in for a mortgage rollover? And Andrew, why don't you start us off with this? I'm sure you've got some comments. Uh, yeah, so so uh, some of my initial comments just as I was, I was listening to this. So just remember that interest-only renewals have become quite a lot harder in recent years and that's with the introduction of the responsible, responsible lending thank code. you responsible lending code just in mind blank there uh, so so the responsible lending code has come in which says that banks should uh, help people get out of debt now investment debt is good debt but it gets lumped in with everything and so as a result some of the banks are penalized if they have too much interest only debt and so what they do is they try and encourage people to pay down principal now I had a great example of this recently where one of my clients rang me up sheepishly and said I think we've made a mistake uh, we went into the bank and the interest rate and we're going to see more of this because of these interest rates dropped have gone from 5% to two, two, or say 3% and so now we're in a situation where we can afford to pay down principal so the bank suggested we do it and we, we put it on principal and interest and now we're finding we can't afford it. Now, I, so I said to them, I, well, I, just just to recap, so last time you saw me, you had a $200,000 mortgage, for example. Um, do you still have that mortgage? Or did you win lotto and pay that off? And they said, no, no, we've still got that mortgage. And I was like, well, that's not very good advice from the bank then because that's tax inefficient, as we spoke about in our last uh, episode. And so again, it's not the necessarily the bank's job to know all these things, but uh, and it's not your job to know either, but you've got to understand that they can be this breakdown. So one of the things that I would talk to about a bro to a broker if I was going to use a broker is, are they an investor? And right, uh, Ed rightly pointed out before the show that, well, an investor could be one property, an investor could be 50 properties, and, and, and anywhere in between. But I would be asking my broker how active they are in the investment uh, community if if I'm using them for that investment property side of things. Because if, if they're like, 
Tony Mount's my friend from Christchurch, uh, who's a sponsor of the uh, Christchurch Property Investors Association. He probably knows a thing or two about structuring investment debt, and I know he's an investor. Um, if if he's you know if you're dealing with these kind of people that are regularly investing, they probably know some of these tricks. So that would be my first tip, Ed. And the other thing that I just want to point out as well is sometimes you will defer to your mortgage broker and say, well, I don't know whether I want to um, continue paying interest payments or whether I want to decrease my payments to the minimum. Um, you, uh, you want to, uh, you might defer to them, but they may not necessarily know. So the next question that I would be asking is, look, if I've been on a 30-year term and I've had five years of interest only and they're saying, oh, it's quite difficult in order to be able to get you to that extra five years, well, can I extend my term? I'm now on a 25-year term and I'm requesting a five-year interest-only period, which means that by the end of that, I would have to have enough income now to be able to pay, make those principal and interest payments at 7% over 20 years. So can I extend my term? Can I just make it a 30-year term like I have over the last five years and go interest-only for the first five years of that? And if I can't do that with my current bank, can I pick up that mortgage and go somewhere else? That's a question that very few mortgage brokers will be thinking about if they're not an active investor. If you ask them the question, they might say yes, they might be able to get it done, but they might not be thinking about it depending on how active they are as an investor. Andrew, what's your next question yeah, that you actually, might just, ask? Just to follow on from that, um, just there, there's some important considerations there. So moving your loan is, is relatively easy, um, but there are a couple of things that you need to consider. Now, number one is the interest rate. So as we've got um, shorter term, sorry, lower rates for shorter terms right now, people will probably be f- fixing for a year at a time, I imagine. But if you fix for, say, five years, and your interest only is three years, when you get to three years in and they pay down principal, you could have a real problem moving it if there's an interest rate change that uh, triggers a break fee. So if, 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 for example... Your 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 um your period means that it's going to expire, and the interest rate's gone down a percent. That could be kind of uh, twenty thousand dollars if it's a two year period that's fixed on at five hundred thousand dollars. So you you really need to consider these things as you're fixing that. So you want to make sure that your your interest rate times with your interest only period, particularly at those later times. My next thing I'd talk to a broker about would be talk to me about split banking, and I think we've 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 bashed this round for ages. Split banking helps uh, uh, mitigate the risk of investing in property and leveraging against your house. We most of us need to leverage against existing assets to be able to get ahead and do this. So, so if you have to do it, it's not the end of the world. But let's talk about how to minimise the exposure to our, my own house and or moving it away later on. And actually, I did a calculation just before because I was interested. Because most interest only is a five year, interest only terms of five years. If you start out buying a property for five hundred thousand and you borrow five hundred thousand, you cross secure that against your own house. In five years, at five percent growth, is consistent growth over a five year period. That that house is worth six hundred and thirty five thousand. So at that stage, I'd actually want to know what their plan is to move that to another bank. That would be seventy eight percent LVR, taking that whole mortgage across because there's enough equity to support it itself. So that's a really good thing to kind of forecast so you do have a plan to separate out your assets and protect yourself. And my next question is, what's the impediment? So if I'm not able to get an interest-only loan periods for another five years or three years, well, what's holding me back? 
is it the fact that I don't have enough income to be able to pay pay off the uh, mortgage on a 20-year term, you know, after that five years is up? Or what is the impediment? What's stopping me from getting what I want, which is the additional interest-only loan period? Um, and then once you get the answer to that, well, how do I get around it? And the, that sort of structure of question works so well in so many different instances. What's the issue? How do I get around it? Because, and when you structure your question in that way, it starts to get the mortgage broker and anybody actually, because I use this a lot, you know, thinking about, well, how do we get around it? Because there are ways to get around issues. Sometimes when I've heard Andrew on the phone talking to the banks when he's been brokering mortgages himself, it's been that he's been able to talk to the banks to convince them that there is a real reason why somebody would need an interest only loan period. Uh, and just explaining that to the bank and being quite uh, sticky or forthright and making sure that that actually <laughs> gets past the line. Sometimes that's what it's going to take. And the other question that I would ask as well is what lenders do you work with? Some people who yeah, present great. them as brokers don't work with that many banks. They might work with one or two. So for instance, like New Zealand home loans tend to only work with a very limited number of banks. Now that limits the, the ability for them to play the banks off one another. And so if you're working with a broker who is really clued up on investment and works with a lot of different lenders, that means that you're in a much better position to be able to get what you want from the broker and from the lenders. And actually, uh, so Kiwi Bank and BNZ, for example, they are quite specific with who they deal with. So so that, that um, brings in another couple of lenders when we really don't have a lot of banks nowadays to make sure that you've got all of the options. And then also non-bank lenders, which sometimes is a specialty service. You might have to go to a specialty broker on that, but if you've got someone that deals with all of them, gives you a greater chance of getting a loan approval. Fantastic. Well, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you've been thinking about investing and want to learn a little bit more with Andrew and I, why not check out our No Money Worries email course? This is where we have collated our top nine lessons about property investment and have put it into this email course, which is really, really simple. And the feedback I'm getting is that people like that it is condensed. Now, Andrew actually sends these out. It comes from him. So you can always reply as well to ask any additional questions and we'll reply to those as well. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. So tap or swipe over that cover art. It'll take you right there. Or just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash no money worries. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time. <laughs>